Hello and welcome back to City Girl Secrets. It's your city girl who has been in hiding uh, for a few days. <laughs> Hopefully you guys miss me because if not, I'd be really, really sad. But uh, I got very busy. My show is going to open very soon. So I've been in rehearsal. I started dance class last week. So there's that. And then I finally got one day off that I didn't have to go to class or rehearsal or anything. So I spent it enjoying life, which I encourage everyone to do. So we are back. I am back. And uh, thank you for everyone who is listening, who has listened and all of that. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you. Now, uh, I do want to continue the discussion on colorism as I got some call-ins. And I love when people add their thoughts uh, and their opinions to the discussion. And so, therefore, I, uh, I want people to call in, say what they have to say, and, and keep the discussion going. So, let's hear from the first call-in. Hi, this is Seven from the Institute of Self, and I wanted to call in really quickly to say that I really enjoyed your topic on colorism. Unfortunately, I have also experienced colorism um, myself, and it is definitely not a fun thing to go through, especially when you're growing up. But I think it's also important to say that I think that men do experience it too. They just deal with it differently, especially um, within the black community. I know many light-skinned men, and I've known many... Um, men with darker skin tones who had some self-esteem issues growing up because of um, the criticism they got from their peers. And so these are like little side jokes that may be said here or there, but the way that they deal with it is a lot different than the way we as females deal with it. So I don't think it's fair to say that they don't deal with it, but um, I think it's an interesting topic. And thank you so much for bringing it up. I loved it. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey Seven, thank you for calling in and uh, contributing to the conversation. Uh, I too have faced colorism. It would be a lie if I said I didn't. Um, and you're right. It's unfair to say that men don't face it because I know that you know growing up there there was always something between you know the guys guys who are darker maybe would be made fun of or they'd have slick you know comments and things like that to say uh so i think they do face it um and maybe they face it as they get older too of course in my head i assume as we get older we get smarter and mature but we can see that that's not the case uh so yes i do agree that men do face that i think i was coming from a place of you know what it's like? So this would be my correlation. You know how, like, let's take racism, for example. You can say, oh, this white person is racist. And they can say, oh, well, you're black and you're racist because you say something. And then you would retaliate with, no, I can't be racist. That's not possible. Um, according to definition, anyone can be racist. But according to the, the colloquial definition, of it it has to do with power and therefore that's why a lot of people say well i'm black i can't be racist because you have to have some sort of power and be able to affect somebody else's life with my beliefs i think that's the way where i was coming from with the colorism whereas um 
it affects the way women get work versus the way men get work. I don't see heavily men being discriminated against because they're darker or lighter in the workplace. For one, I think it's usually mostly ran by men. So, you know, there's that. Um, and that it's the the darkness as, as if we're talking about a woman um, is associated with beauty. And if you're pretty, you can sell things. And if you're not deemed as pretty, then you can't sell the things. So from a marketing standpoint, if you're, you know, too dark or whatever it is, then people don't people don't want to buy into that. And I know we're, you know, we're making strides and things like that, but we're definitely not there yet. Um, especially when someone can say, oh, I have, are you sure it's not all in your head? Are you sure that this is a thing? The fact that someone can even say that just shows like how far we aren't yet. And I remember like just growing up, and being the girl that's like, well, I just, you know, want to be, just need to be a little bit lighter. I just have to have hair that's a little bit straighter. That's why I got a relaxer so young. I mean, I'm sure the majority of black girls know about the struggle of a relaxer, uh, the struggle of burning scalps. I feel like that was like the, the story. Like that's the, that's a black girl story growing up in America because you try to assimilate to fit into this status quo that's going to deem you as being better than. Whereas if you just stay yourself, then it's not, it's not going to be good enough. So in terms of that, I feel like, yes, definitely men face uh, that same issue, but I think their careers, their livelihood, their jobs do not depend on it as much. Uh, so thank you, Seven. Thank you so much for calling in. Thank you for leaving that comment, leaving your opinion. I definitely appreciate it. As a dark-skinned person, I am totally aware of colorism and I have talked about this extensively on Anchor, which almost made me hesitant to speak with you about this because I had fatigue on the subject, but you brought up some points that I thought, hey, let me add in. Yeah, um, entertainment definitely has become the judge and executioner of public opinion in terms of what is beautiful, but it's starting to make slow, tiny steps and strides toward towards understanding that beauty is not just light-skinned females with European long hair, but also dark-skinned women. And I think at the home, we need to teach our young that black is beautiful, colors are beautiful, and you don't need to look like Kim Kardashian in order to be seen as attractive. Hey, Dawn, thanks for calling in. And even though you have gone through this at nauseum, I appreciate you calling in anyways. You know, it's funny. I feel like that sometimes with certain topics, certain subjects, I feel like, ugh, I am exhausted. But I feel like that's part of, you know, living a certain life where you're aware of things and your surroundings. You're sometimes in a constant state of exhaustion, uh, which is why I stopped writing my blog for so long. But now I am back because I realized sometimes you gotta, you gotta, you know, get to things head on. And um, color, race, colorism, all of that is obviously one of those. I completely agree. 
that beauty is not just, you know, being light and bright and whatever. I think that slowly the world is turning and slowly being able to appreciate, uh, not even the world, because not, not a whole world isn't like this, but slowly beginning to appreciate the different hues and textures that people come in. And I think that's part of the beauty, you know? It's, it's like art. You see the different brush strokes, you see the different types of paint and the different colors and how they mix um, or just stand side by side. And that's what's beautiful about it. And I completely agree. Um, I was never, and it's so funny, I was always at a weird place growing up. And I, I, there's one specific thing that happened that I was like, oh, I just don't fit in anywhere. And it's crazy because I was trying to find a red lipstick. And I was like, you know what? I can't wear red lipstick because uh, all my friends that were like lighter than me could wear red. I'm like, you can wear it because they make that for like white girls and you're close to that. So you look pretty in it. And then I saw this like, dark girl wearing red. And I was like, oh, that red is beautiful. And I'm like, but she's really, really dark. So it pops and looks good on her. And I was just like, I'm just somewhere in the middle. I'm just like, I'm not dark. I'm not light. I'm just thrown in the middle somewhere. And so I can't wear red. Uh, that was a lie. But... Um, I think it also goes with the makeup companies having different formulas and different types of red. And it was just finding the red that went with my skin, um, the color and the undertone. And sometimes that's all it takes. It's, uh, you know, in, in entertainment, of course, you know, you have Kim Kardashians and, and all of that. And you have the people with the fake butts and the fake this and the, all of that stuff. But sometimes it's as simple as, finding the right makeup shade, you know, for a cosmetic line. Like you have like pale and then you have creamy pale and then eggshell and then uh, medium eggshell, then uh, beige, warm beige, cool beige, light beige, dark beige, and then you get like mahogany. If anyone has ever seen this, just raise your hand. Yep, I can see you, perfect. But like, that's a part of that struggle where it's like, uh, you're not going to buy makeup anyways, or you don't need makeup. Or you don't, we, we don't need to cater to you for some odd reason. We're just going to cater to all these people over there. You have 50 shades of beige, but one thing called mahogany. Cause it's like, Oh, you're black, right? All of you, you're just, just y'all can use the same shade. Duh. Uh, that's a part of the struggle bus. And, uh, you know, it can get disheartening sometimes, but I think people are getting better. I think companies are getting better. And I think um, even if I'm, I am weary about talking about it, I'm still going to talk about it. I'm not going to lie because I'm like, you need to hear what I'm saying. I need to educate you. If you are a smart person, which means you're open to listen uh, and to hear other people's experiences without then, you know, saying what you have to say over their experience when you did not experience that, then I am willing to sit and talk about it because it's important. And it's important for when you have kids and they have kids to let them know that no matter what shade, you're going to be beautiful. Like that's, it's, and it's more than just skin deep. It's everything that makes you beautiful. But if we're just talking about skin, like there, there are a billion shades out there and all of them are beautiful. Whether you want to be with that shade or not, that's up to you, but someone will. So yes, beauty 
uh, comes in many shades. I want to tell a quick story before I let you guys go. So when I was younger, I would babysit. I think I was maybe 18 when this happened. I was 18 and I was babysitting this girl. She was so adorable, so smart. Uh, she was my drama teacher's daughter. And her name was Jojo. And she's so, like, I still can see her in my mind. Just a precious little flower. She's probably in, like, high school by now. Oh, my gosh. Um, actually, probably older. I'm not going to say how old I am. Um, <laughs> but she was so, so sweet. And I remember one time, her parents were gone. And I, I don't know if we were coloring or I was making her a snack. And she, like, turned to me and she was like, can I ask you a question? And I was like, sure, what's up? And she was like, does your skin feel different? And for a minute, I was dumbfounded. Like, just like, oh, oh, that's not what I thought you were going to ask. Okay. She's like, it's pretty. Does it feel different than mine? And I was like, no, no. It's exactly the same. It's just a different color. And she was like, can I touch it? And I was like, I'm sure we'd, we'd hug by this point or held hands or something like that. And I was like, sure. She just like touched my arm. She was like, it's smooth. It is like mine. And I was like, yeah. Um, and, and then we just went back to like coloring and eating, you know, just regular life. That's a perfect day in my book, eating and coloring. And that never left me. I thought to myself, wow, that that could have been a moment that went completely sideways, right? Because we know that these things are taught this idea of being better than or less than, or so, so different or whatever it is, is taught. People don't just, you know, they're, they come out the womb and they're like, I'm racist or dark skin sucks or, you know, whatever the case may be, you are taught these things. And Obviously, she would not have been taught that by her mom because she was a great lady. But what if she was around some other kids or some other parents and had a question like that? And what they told her was something like, yes, it is different. It's it's you know, it's rough. It's not as better. Actually, it's gross. Don't touch it. It was um, I was so happy that in that moment I could openly talk to this very smart, very young little girl about race and just let her know like, no, it's not that different. Mine is just like chocolate milk. That's it. And yours is like, right? like that's how it's like, and isn't chocolate milk amazing? And she's like, yeah, chocolate milk is great. And I'm like, see, that's it. Boom. Like, that's it. It's just a different flavor, but they're both still milk. Um, laugh all you want. I thought it was a great analogy, <laughs> but I always remember that. And so it's my hope that when we encounter these young minds, these impressionable minds that we, we make sure we approach it and them correctly. And that we take that moment to realize that you're imparting something onto another person. You know, it's not, it's not just like, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's the same. Like they are, are like a little sponge and whatever you say to them, they are going to, you know, soak that up and hold it. In the same way, if 
you know, you have to tell a little girl, like, you're beautiful, a little boy, you're, you're beautiful, you're handsome, you're, you know, you're this, you're that. You have to speak that positivity into people. So I wanted to share that little tidbit because it still warms my heart to this day. I wonder how she's doing. I bet you she's fabulous right now. <laughs> Hopefully you enjoyed my story, guys, and I'll talk to you again soon.